If you guys are really enjoying this podcast, I'd greatly appreciate it if you left me some reviews, maybe some five stars, whether you're listening to this on Audible, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you guys leave this five stars, leave some nice words. Also share it with a friend. You know, I don't charge anything for these podcasts and my goal is just to grow it and help the jiu-jitsu community. So thank you guys for supporting and I'll see you guys later. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Secrets Podcast. Today's a Monday that I'm recording this. So if you're listening to this today, happy Monday. Mondays usually suck, but, you know, a lot of times it's a, you know, glass half full type thing. Now you get to go out there and uh, accomplish new stuff in your jiu-jitsu world, right? So just finished up my workout this morning. So I'm recording this on my way home. In case some of you guys don't know, sometimes I record this in my car on the way home. So the audio, audio, (laughs) see, I can't even talk the audio quality. Sometimes okay, sometimes I record it on a microphone at home, but that just kind of brings me to a point. If there's anything that you guys are like wanting to do um, with whatever, don't worry about it being perfect. So like one of my favorite things that people will say when they start to get going into jiu-jitsu or if they're like hesitant to coming back into jiu-jitsu, they'll be like, well, I want to get in shape before going to jiu-jitsu. And then they're going to be like, well, right now is not right. Well, this time's not right. Well, the thing is, is like, if you get started, let's say everything gets perfect in the world, everything gets set in stage and it is the right time, it's never going to stay perfect. So in the middle of you training jujitsu, you're going to get out of shape. In the middle of you training jujitsu, you know, something's going to happen. So like waiting to do something to make sure it's perfect is like, one of the most ridiculous excuses I've ever heard. So sorry to be rough with you guys on a Monday morning, but it's true. So if there's something like that you're wanting to do, whether it's jujitsu or something else, don't wait. So back to my original point about recording this podcast on my freaking cell phone on the way home is because I could wait to record it at home, but then I might, you know, forget. I might get busy with something else. So I have the time, pick up my phone, and I'm going to do it now. Anyway, that's my motivational tangent for you guys this morning. Back to jiu-jitsu stuff. So I recently got a message from on Instagram from a, one of the fellow listeners of the podcast. So if you guys are newer to the podcast, I do respond to those. Um, just sometimes I wind up in my hidden requests, so I don't see them for like a day or two possibly or even longer so like if I haven't responded don't please take it personally it's just that I just hadn't seen it yet so comment on like one of my photos or something or one of my Instagram posts and and I'll go check it out but this morning uh this message is from John hopefully that's cool that I give him a shout out so John had sent me a message and he's a two-stripe blue belt and basically he wanted my thoughts on training against different body styles the example that he used was guys that are like long and lanky versus guys that are short short and stocky versus like flexible like what's the different training styles against them and just my general thoughts so first off what the first thing you have to take into criteria is yourself so like if you're a long and lanky guy versus another long and lanky guy then it's going to kind of cancel out those advantages if you're a short stocky guy versus another short stocky guy then it kind of cancels those out so first you kind of have to assess what you are so the advice I might give kind of a couple different options depending from who you are, where you're coming from. So first thing too, clarity, is that really 
styles like that only make a difference against skilled people. So what I mean by that is like if I'm a, you know, two strike blue belt like John is and I'm grappling like a pretty uh, newer person, a pretty green individual. And yeah, that might be lanky. Yeah, they might be short and stocky. It, they're, those physical assets don't really make as much of a difference as opposed to like their size or, you know, their strength, like those things. The short and stocky or long and lengthy come into more play when you're grappling against somebody who knows what they're doing because now their game is going to be switched to those assets. So hopefully that kind of makes sense there. So if you're like grappling a brand new person with these attributes, it may not be the same. You just attack them like any other new person, control them, don't let them spaz out, all that good stuff. So anyway, the first one that he gave me was short and, or I'm sorry, long and lanky. I believe. Let me double check. Yeah, he gave me long long and lengthy opponents tend to give him the hardest time. He said that he's 5'7", he's 150 pounds, and he's 34. Okay, so you're like my size. That's great. I'm like 5'7", too, but I'm 160. So great. So, okay, I'll tell you exactly how I attack these people then. So long and lengthy, the big thing that you have to watch out for is you you have to do everything you can to not let them get the offense that they want going. So some people I'm not as worried about like their offense, like um, short and stocky, for example, I'm not worried about being inside like their guard. I'm more worried about those people like getting to my back more or less um, long and lanky guys can get to my back too. And, and they're annoying, but where long and lanky guys are very annoying is going to be inside of their guard. So being inside of their guard, being inside like their half guard, where their legs have a giant advantage. Now, they do have an advantage being on your back too because they can body triangle you and things like that. But just in general, like if they get to your back, the way that they're going to get to your back and most of the time is going to be from like a guard-based position. It's going to be maybe sweeping from half guard, maybe sweeping from closed guard, and then you rolled over and they transitioned from that or maybe they escaped from the bottom a half guard and they underhook and, and came out and went to your back right so it's going to be things like that so avoiding their guard avoiding where they can use their assets that's going to be you know for a submission attacks that's going to be triangles that's going to be um uh unfortunately that's also probably going to be if they have long arms as well there's a chance they could only have thank you guys again for supporting the podcast in case you guys didn't know i'm really trying to work on growing my social media presence either on instagram and on twitter so make sure you guys give me a follow over there of at jason hill is both handles it's also in the show description it's a quick way to link over this is the best way to also ask me about questions or topics you would like future podcasts on Also, if you haven't already, make sure you check out the YouTube channel. It has a lot of these topics just in video format. It's just another medium for you guys to check it out. And so that is a good way to also get some jujitsu help. Long legs and not long arms. I don't know. Possibly. Maybe not. They're probably going to have both. So it's their darts attacks are very annoying. Their anaconda attacks are very annoying if they're skilled, right? So those are kind of the first things I always give aspects to is like because if you can avoid their strong points then you can kind of then you can maybe lure them into some of their weaker stuff that they're not as good at so how do i attack those people usually the things i like to attack them with are going to be 
Um, leg locks are very good to do against long and lanky people because their limbs are very long to be able to do. Um, any kind of elevation. So like if you're playing butterfly guard on your butt and they're standing up trying to pass because their legs are very long, you could even do sweeps from a place like that. That would be very good. Um, uh, if you can get to their back, that is great. So things like that, arm attacks are great on them, being able to catch like straight arm locks or Kimuras. So anything like that, sometimes they're a little bit harder to get like triangled or they're harder to get, those guys are harder to uh, choke like that because they have such long legs and long necks that you would think it'd be easier, but sometimes they can slip through other little aspects. So attacking their limbs are usually the, the good things. So you have to watch out for their limb attacks, but then you can attack their limbs. So now how to deal with short and stocky guys. So since you're a short and stocky guy, it may not be as big of a problem, but let's say like I was a taller person attacking a short and stocky guy. Um, this could be the case against short and stocky, short and stocky, but but it, it's usually not. Um, short and stocky guys are usually gonna have really good bases. So like they're gonna be a lot harder to sweep, but they're gonna be easier to kind of climb on top of. So just as an example, if you're in the butterfly guard and you know, your opponents in front of you on the knees and they're a short, stocky guy, you might try to do a couple butterfly guard sweeps and elevate and sweep them and then they post out and, or their base is so low, they just kind of like glide across the mat. But what you can do is do like a snap down where you can grab the collar tie or collar drag and throw their face into the mat. And then you can change head heights and start climbing on top and taking their back and go for things of that nature. So that's where the advantage of short and stocky guys, or I'm sorry, the disadvantage of being short and stocky is that you're just not tall. You can't, you can't stop people from doing that as much. So also short and stocky guys are sometimes very hard to arm lock and leg lock just because they don't have much to attach to, especially if you're a longer limbed guy, you know, your legs are so long that it's sometimes hard to hang on to their limbs because you can't close your legs enough. You can't make the gap small enough because of just the surface area of your legs that you can't clamp down and hold on to them. So short and stocky guys usually get choked out, like getting to their back is gonna be one of the better ways to do it. Any kind of head and arm choke, so like guillotines and darces and things where you can kind of keep them from slipping through small spaces is going to be the key with them. Um, they're also, it's different, like Kimura's like that kind of a shorter lock is a little bit easier to catch them in. Kimuras are a little bit easier to catch them in versus doing things like a straight arm lock or something of that nature because they can just slip their arms through. And then to answer John's last question here, talking about flexibility. Yeah, dealing with flexible people sucks. Um, usually with flexible people, uh, joint locks are usually not the best answer so chokes are going to be the best thing for them um and then like sweeping them so things that aren't going to necessarily cause them like a lot of pain sometimes like doing a leg lock or a joint lock or straight arm lock they can kind of bend out of that stuff or just putting pressure on them or like stacking them things like that just don't affect them in the same way as other people. So you have to be a little bit more controlling, maybe use, you know, some of your, your speed and maybe use some of your, um, you know, 
technique prowess. You know, usually a lot of times flexible guys can withstand strong guys just because they're so flexible. You know, strong guys like to smash and compress and and hold people and kind of make that game uncomfortable versus flexible guys that doesn't really bother them as much and they can put their feet across in weird spots. The the thing that with flexible guys they have to watch out for is they will bring their feet over in weird spots. So you just kind of have to be precarious of that. Sometimes they'll catch you with a sneaky submission because of that. But usually I call that a one trick pony where they kind of catch you two or three times. And then once you're aware of it, when they do it again, you're kind of, you don't get caught in it anymore. But flexible guys just for submission attacks, um, chokes are going to be always good because they can't, their necks, I mean, you can't have a flexible neck necessarily. You can't, you know, flexible your way out of a rear naked choke or a lot of times a dars, but... Um, you know, and then sweeping, just doing good classic sweeps, like things like butterfly sweeps, sit-up sweeps, things that you can get on top and kind of control them and then work on taking their back. So anyway, that's just some general thoughts for John there. He asked, um, he's about my size and stuff, um, that those do apply for even the inverse. So if you're a lanky guy fighting a short and stocky guy, then that's there. I just normally see that when it's two assets that are relatively similar, they kind of cancel each other out, but not always. So anyway, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode and until next time, I'll see you guys later. Take it easy. If you're a struggling jujitsu student that is really looking for some more help and guidance and trying to figure out what you should be training and the next steps in your jujitsu journey, I have an online program called the jujitsu blueprint for lifelong development because ultimately jujitsu is a lifelong process, especially if you're wanting to get all the benefits out of it. So learning how to structure your training to set yourself up for lifelong is what I do. So if that's something you have interest in or want more information on, make sure you hit me up at jasonhill.com and I do an interview to make sure that you're a good fit, make sure the program would actually benefit you so that way your time's not wasted and neither is mine. Thank you guys again for supporting the podcast 